What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Simply Human podcast, and the one that I ran over was like spraying up, and I was just like, "Oh man, what ha- what happened?" <laughs> <laughs> I call that the Rick Bentley defense. Yeah. Like, man, I don't know. We just like that when I showed up. <laughs> What'd you I've do? Done that. do you know how many times I've done that? <laughs> it's episode one hundred sixty-four of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts Mark and Rick, two human beings. Being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and, and how you can become dang it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh man, you are not good. <laughs> you made it yeah. 10 seconds. Our goal, <laughs> our goal is to help you how our, <laughs> our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can be more like a human today. Is that it? And how you can live more like, like a human. You today? can start more like a Good grief. Yeah. I need to just pull the thing up <laughs> so bad. I listened to the beginning of the last show, and it was so terrible. Um, anyway, on today's show, we are having an old friend of the show, Stephen Baldridge, Dr. Stephen Baldridge, from the one of the very earliest, it might have been the first ever Humans Being Human story, when he passed out in a hospital uh, I that. whenever yeah. he saw the sign that said bone flap exposed, and he had a revenant that was be- bear story. That was story. before I was your co-host. Correct, that? yes. Well, it's w- way early on. Um, okay, so Rick, how are you? Good. How do I sound, you, by okay, the way? This you, is uh, show man. number one with my fancy actual uh, recording equipment. I have a, a, a mixer. You have, have exactly a- what I have, and it it's great. It sounds so good. Well, every time you t- tell me it sounds good. Yeah. Oh, but, right. Well, I mean, it like, sounds it's good never compared to... It always sounds like... Well, it's, phone, all, but, it's all relative. You know, it sounds good compared to your cruddy, you know, whatever you had, like in your car, you're, you're like honking at people. Um, that is true. That was, that was the worst. That was, 
absolute worst. Well, yeah. I have something I want to talk about before we get to Stephen. But but remember, this show is now sponsored by Health IQ. It's an insurance company that helps health conscious people is. like runners, cyclists, weightlifters, vegetarian, any any sort of intentionally healthy person like you, our listener, and somebody that's trying to get healthier, getting lower rates on their life insurance. If you go to healthiq.com slash simplyhuman, that is in the show notes. Support our show and see if you qualify. It's really cool because, and we talked about this sort of uh, more length last show. We won't get into a, a ton of uh, detail here, but Health IQ uses incredible things like science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people. 56% of Health IQ customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance. So go to the website and see if you qualify to learn more or to get a free quote on your life insurance. We'll talk about it at the end of the show as well. Yes, we will. And everyone, let's get real. No one wants to talk about life insurance because it implies that, like, I'm very clearly worth way more dead than I am alive. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, with you as being a police officer, it's really important because you could die at any moment. (laughs) Thank you, Mark. (laughs) I can't wait to get to work tomorrow morning. (laughs) But, like, you know what? I I would assume most people here have some sort of, like, uh, probably oh on student loans or a mortgage or a gambling debt a gambling debt it's just part of being a responsible yeah what nothing what okay okay so go to the healthiq.com slash simply human you can't hear me hello Oh, no. Yeah, I got you now. Yeah, it's just, the internet connection was weird for a Yeah, second. and I'm hearing this weird delay. I wonder if that's <sighs> just, just going to show up. I mean, now you sound great, but the internet now sucks. Great. Great job, internet. Um, okay, you might have heard this this morning. There was a study released by a, a, a company in uh, a British. <clears throat> that's not how you say that. <clears throat> somehow in, in Great British. Northumbria or uh, Wessex. L- London. Or... Let's put another shrimp on the Barbie. Um, for what? England. And the study came out and said, like, how old is too old to wear jeans? Did you hear this this morning? I did not. Mark and I, now just for some background, Mark and I uh, listen to the same radio station. It's based in Dallas. We hear a lot of the same things. Mark listens on the internet. But uh, I wanted to hear this, but I got busy and I couldn't hear it. So So tell me me more. So basically the study came out and it's like, I don't know if they polled people or what, but the the hosts of the show we listened to were all kind of uh, offended that these, these, these British people were telling us what to do. They said the age that's too old to wear blue jeans is 53 years old. Thoughts on that? This is a very scientific... Uh, <laughs> hey, and They've really gotten it down to a very specific age, not what? you know mid-50s or early 50s. Right. They're saying 50... So, on your hang on. 53rd so on your birthday. 53rd birthday, you can't wear yes. jeans anymore or the day before your 54th birthday? The day, like, the day before your 54th birthday is the last day that you can wear jeans. And actually, Jen is out is in our living room with a friend. But very, they're both, both very stylish. They're like the same person. Let me ask them. What? When is it too? When are you too old to wear jeans? Oh, she said lie. never. Jen, <laughs> never. Okay. When? When are you too old to wear a hat backwards? Oh, <laughs> I was in your rearview mirror, pal. <laughs> he said it's in my rearview mirror. What do y'all say on that one? Yeah. Uh, George this morning said nine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a big hat backwards. Yeah, wearer. I am a backwards hat guy. I, I know I don't, you are. You're ridiculous, but 
Well, so I, to me, 53. The reason like, I don't wear a backwards hat is because I have a very small head, and it's very difficult for me to own, to find a baseball hat, a baseball cap, a, 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 you know, a, a hat with a brim, I guess I'll say. Yeah. But uh, I own two of them. I own two hats, a Dallas Mavericks hat and a Minnesota North Stars hat. Both of them fit well, but yeah. the problem is, like, they're the adjustable on the back, not like the snapback, but like the little, you know, the threaded thing. And uh, because my head is so small, if I wear it backwards, it looks weird. Yeah, see, I have a huge like, head. Adjusted all the way down, pretty much, and so that's it's never been part of what I th- what I do. I was always jealous of your small head, Rick. Why? Because uh, it's hard to find but, hats. I have no, so many hats. Not, no, 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 no. It's bad. The small head is bad. Well, the big but head is I also bad. I can't just go hat shopping like that's something that you take for granted very easily (laughs) going out and saying you know what i'd like to go buy a hat today for me it's like a whole thing and a lot of times i have to go to the kids section to buy a children's (laughs) size as like the as a fan a fan blade on the top of the hat well that's uh (laughs) i know a propeller is what not a fan blade (laughs) whatever (laughs) yeah i'm gonna start my own power generation plant and i have a you know and blade on top of my head. No, but I, uh, it, it's difficult. That's my struggle. And so I would hope that you would respect that. When is it too, when are you too old to wear shorts? Oh, any, I don't wear any sh- shorts. We've had this discussion yeah. before. I'm not a shorts Not person. cargo part shorts, of it, any shorts. Part of, well, I mean, I'll wear shorts to the gym. Are we talking about that too? No, 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 no. Like, just, just like out? in general. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't do that. No, I, I don't wear them. I've gotten out. away from the shorts. Um, See, I don't wear shorts because uh, I'm self-conscious about my very tiny chicken leg, my calves. They're very small. So uh, that's one reason I don't wear them. But the other reason is I just feel ridiculous. I feel like a goof wearing shorts, like going to the, you know, even in the summertime, like going to the, you know, the baseball game or something with the family. I'll wear, I have like some, several pairs of like very kind of thin material, like, uh, you know, uh, like a like a banana casual pants like what i'm sorry what? i'm sorry i'm sorry what what, what, uh, what was that can you reshoot that joke uh fruit oh, is good okay. for you health uh, humans yeah. health like you yeah. <laughs> Bang. Bang yeah that's gonna be our placeholder now it's just <laughs> that's what she said health like you like you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i think uh i don't Shorts. i think 28 okay 28 is too old to wear shorts. Yeah, because I mean, then you've got to have, like, your socks have to be right. Like, with, with jeans, it doesn't matter what your socks are. Like I can put on whatever pair of socks yeah, I want to right. wear with jeans. They don't even have to match. Yeah. Not really. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, I, we're, we have an interview, so normally we were going to... Oh, and also, next next coming up next time... Actually, uh, this guy's wife is sitting in here. Next week, Dylan Cobb... Uh, Simply Human's own Dylan Cobb is coming on the show to tell a story about a now. crazy driver. On Why a, are you whispering? Well, because now I poke my head out of the living room and there's sleeping children. But Dylan's wife is out here. And so Dylan's going to be on next week to talk about. And Dylan is an avid. He loves us very much. And he wishes that y'all were friends, Rick, you and him. Maybe we can be friends. Maybe he and I can be friends and he can realize uh, that he doesn't like you that much, you and cut me out of the equation. Get out in the cold. He did uh, suggest a movie for me to watch last night called Cube. Is on uh-huh. Amazon from 1997. Doesn't sound real. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I feel like you should watch the movie this week, and then we can all talk about it next week. Are I don't you kicking, think I'm are you kicking me back in here? Okay, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> 
Bye bye. Okay, so we got Steven. Uh, we're going to call his cell number. Are we going to... Wait, I'm going to uh, uh, time travel talk, and we'll be right back. Okay, we did it. We had a tiny little hiccup, but we're good, and we're back. And Rick, Steven, okay. is back. Here he is. Hello, Steven. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's a pleasure to talk to you again. Yeah, you too. Okay, so in the interest of time, because there's a lot to get to here, and I wanna, I wanna, uh, I don't wanna go too long here because we all have kids and there's Jeez. things going on. Since uh, Stephen has been on the show, Rick, how old, or Stephen, how old were your boys in 2009? The fall of 2009. Jeez, uh, not, 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 not I'm sorry, were, not 2009, 2013. 2013, so like five years ago, they were four and six. And how old were they when you found out about the pregnancy, as we'll call it? That would have been 2013, so five and seven. Yeah. So yeah is that right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, Rick, he's got boys that are five and seven. They find out they're pregnant with twin girls. And that is literally like uh, when you're writing down things that are my, my nightmare. Uh, and I, like having like multiples, twins, oh, triplets, quadruplets, yeah. what have you. That's right yeah. up there with burning alive. And like yeah. bear movies. Falling, falling off like the top of the Empire State Building and like having to like dread the drip the whole way down. That's, that's yeah, there are there are days that I kind of wish to burn alive. <laughs> <laughs> you should put that uh, put that in their baby book so that when they yeah. were there. Yeah. When I found out it was you, I, I wished that I could jump off the Empire State Building instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I was very, very sad and very angry, but then I guess I figured out how to deal with it. Love, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess you're here and reading this. So, Rick, if you uh, remember, Stephen uh, was uh, an avid triathlete. He, uh, we, we did some races together. We did some marathons together. He had gotten very, uh, very healthy. Uh, had had uh, started a podcast. I used to, I used Plant to Run to Family listen to his podcast, Plant Run Family. Yep. I used to listen to that. That's right. Uh, overnights. Yep. I was an avid listener. Well, and, thanks. Yeah, I, pres- I appreciate that we had an avid listener. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, it was me, all right. So you're welcome. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then like when you say that, and then he's like, "All right, uh, tell me one. What was one of the shows about?" And you're like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, 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 well, um, plants, family, <laughs> also some running, running talk, <laughs> running talk. There somewhere." So I wanted to have Stephen on because Stephen, you were recently on the Vinnie Tortorich podcast, which is still going strong. Um, Vinny was uh, yeah. our first guest on this show, and he was instrumental. He picked the intro music. Is just a, a great friend of the show. Um, I was actually on that show. That was the that was the show I was on. The first show. Yes, our first show. Yeah, like our first real yes. show. It was Stephen and Vinny. Yeah, man, that's so crazy. Bone flap exposed. Yes, yeah, we that's talked right. about that in the intro, and uh, and I can't give you any any beef about that anymore because of the the bear revenant. Uh, incident, <laughs> yeah. which is almost, which is probably at worse my, because at least mine was, re- at least mine was a real, a coma. real actual, it wasn't a fake like Hollywood yeah. CGI coma. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> CGI coma. Um, okay, so Stephen has an interesting story because over the last uh, year, Stephen and Rick, I don't know if you know any of this. So there is a nonprofit in town in Abilene called Hope Haven, and it is basically like a bridge to from homelessness to non-homelessness. Is that pretty much putting it in a nutshell, there, Stephen? Oh, oh, oh. the program is actually called Bridge to Home. There you so, go. Yes. How about that? How about that? I listen. I listen to stuff. Actually, I'm aware of this stuff. because Stephen and I uh, we are friends on Facebook, okay. and yes. he is yes. one of the people. Uh, and, and I never probably comment on your stuff, Stephen. 
but I read everything you put on cool. Facebook. When you do ah, Linda the ah. Social Worker every year, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. very thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that. So yeah, ah, yeah. see most of the stuff you're doing, and I uh, am paying attention. So how yeah. this how this relates to uh, our listeners and kind of our show is not you know like there's part of the enjoy life that is like do do good for other people, um, but this is kind of a, a meshing of emergement uh, of uh, helping people. I can't believe Rick didn't stop me there and say that's not a word. You just merged two words together that <laughs> don't belong. Emergement of uh, helping people and, and improving your community around you and health because. Um, uh, Stephen and his family, his two boys and his two twin girls and his wife, moved into the Hope Haven home and lived there with these their neighbors, uh, these people that were, yeah. were on this bridge. And so, Stephen, take it from there and kind of explain, kind of like, what, yeah. like, what is Mark talking about? How is this bridging health? Yeah, and yeah. What's going on? Yeah. So, uh, kind of just to give you the context of what we did. So, I've been on the board of Abilene Hope Haven since uh, about since we came to Abilene in '09. For a while, I'm kind of an introvert a lot of times. Uh, so for a while, I think for like the first two years, I was on this board. I never even said anything. I never even spoke. Um, he was, he was like the, the one person. I was the youngest board. They would say uh, all, all opposed, and Stephen was the only one going, nay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, Mark stole that from The Simpsons, by the way. I did, I did. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, and so we didn't, you know, I, I was just kind of there as a board member. Um, the board, for the large part, was older, a lot of retired people. And so after four or five years, before I knew it, I was actually the longest tenured board member. I <laughs> uh, found myself as chair of the board, those <laughs> sorts of things. But I still never really, um, I was more invested. It wasn't just like a box I was checking, but I wasn't, I wasn't heavily invested in. Like, I didn't spend a lot of time in the facility, anything like that. Um, and so a couple of years ago, Right as I was ending my board chairmanship, um, we had to do a director search, and we hired a new director, and he kind of wanted to take us in this new direction. Um, and so long story short, we went into this new direction, and we decided that there were several programs that Hope Haven runs. One did of you, them I'm sorry, did you, say called, nude, did you say nude erection? Uh, yeah, no. That's a that's difference. Exactly that's exactly what he said, Mark. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different 5013C. So. <laughs> that's fine. That's yeah. what I yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I couldn't resist. No, that's all right. So um, we were going in a new direction. <laughs> and um, so John, basically, you know, he's an ex-minister. So he's, he kept talking about we wanted to offer radical hospitality to our neighbors. And so basically what Hope Haven was, it's an emergency. It was and is. It's an emergency homeless shelter. Um, the way most homeless shelters are, run um are almost kind of like a prison they're heavily regulated there's lots of rules um and ours wasn't any different um you know you had to turn your phone in when you got there you had to be out of the kitchen by 6 30 p.m you couldn't live there with kids who were over the age of 10 very restrictive and because you, of that we weren't ever full um you couldn't you know, live there just like home by the way yeah yeah <laughs> no, like, out of the kitchen like, by 30 no kids you know that's yeah, yeah. The opposite of home yeah, so yeah. and i yeah, and unfortunately, that's how a lot of programs still are run. But John, uh, the new, the new, the new director, um, didn't want to really, didn't want to do that anymore. And so he, 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 and I started rewriting the policy manual. I have some experience in in policy. I'm uh, a social worker by trade, 
And so, um, right, right. so anyway, so we rewrote the policy and John's last step as we were looking to reopen this shelter, he said, I want to do something different. I don't want to have all these rules. I don't want to have hourly staff that kind of looks over people. I want to have somebody to move in and experience life with these folks that are experiencing homelessness. And I want someone to be, um, just create some intentional community. Um, somebody just to, to live here that's invested, that doesn't, need to you know someone that's not like a prison guard so basically uh, i said i thought that was a great idea where are we going to find the poor schmuck to do this <laughs> yeah who in the world would ever want to do that <laughs> yeah yeah so a month later we were the poor schmucks that were doing it um i got four kids so it's me and my wife four kids and we have a we have a dog and so we just uh through a long a long story um we decided that this needed to be us we had bought some land, uh, several acres outside of town. We were going to build a house, and I had been had out there to our- help you mark the land in my Jeep, I which know. I sold. I know. Yeah. Yes. Right. And we've <laughs> sold the land since then. Too. <laughs> so uh, anyway, but that was our plan. We had sold our house, and then we were going to move into a rent house. Well, uh, through a series of events, we just decided this is something our family needed to do. This was something we thought would be good for us, be good for our kids. Um, it was a way that we could, we could serve and it was just a way that we felt like we could really kind of grow as a family. So last November, right after Thanksgiving, we moved in. And, uh, so the shelter, before I kind of get into it, the shelter set up almost like a dorm would be. Um, it's a, it's a long hall with the community living room, community kitchen, community laundry room, playroom, and then a series of what we call apartments, but really all they are is bedrooms and bathrooms. And so, um, Rick, it was set yeah. up a lot like the dorm room that you took a dump in the closet. Um, <laughs> a lot like that dorm. Rick, if anyone remember that story, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm very familiar with the closet area of the dorm room. Yes, unfortunately, we don't even have closets there, oh, so that was something that's... we had that we had to get used to. So anyway, yeah, yeah. So we we moved in. Uh, you know, everyone thought we were. You know, a lot of people thought we were insane. Um, you know, we when this, had, well, we, I'm not gonna lie. When when I saw this, I was like. You know, this is a really, really good thing they're doing, yeah. but it's also crazy. Yeah. That yeah. is crazy, and uh, they're better than I am because I would not be able to do that. Yeah. I would not even think of that. <clears throat> yeah, so so that's how we ended up there. Um, yeah, so. How long were you guys there for? You, like, we were there uh, just shy of a year. So we moved out. Um, we moved out in October, and um, so we were there just a couple of weeks shy of a year. So, so, Steven, so how did how ahead. did that um, that year? What happened as you're doing this amazing thing for your for your fellow man and for your neighbors? Love your neighbor, and it's like you're like you're living that out. How did that affect your physical health, and why? Uh, it was it was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster for lots of different reasons. So let me when we moved in, uh, Mark kind of. Mark kind of alluded to the fact that we like to be really active. Um, like a lot of people, I've you know, my health has been a roller coaster my entire life. Um, but I really thought I'd had it figured out for a while. Um, you know, the week before or the week after we found out we were pregnant with the twins, we didn't even know it was twins. We just found out we were pregnant, which was a little bit of a surprise. Which is bad news uh, as it is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the week after, I ran, I ran a half Ironman. And so that was like, the best shape I thought I'd ever be in. And I'm like, Oh, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be out of this shape. Um, I'm always going to be this lean, this, you know, this is never the mind Steven. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, yeah. Never mind the fact that you're training 20 hours a week for that. And then when you stop, you know, you don't maintain that kind of fitness. <laughs> um, not, you know, not that that's a level a of necessity. Fitness, just, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, 
And so, you know, the weight kind of crept up a little bit um, after that, but I was uh, vegetarian for the better part of five years, vegan for a decent part of that. Yeah, same, so um, We overlapped, Rick, but the, the yeah. same time that I was doing all that, we were all kind of right. making the same crazy bean, bean uh, stuff together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you made me this way. <laughs> this I, blame, I was going to say, I blame Mark. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah. Um, but even when we moved in, uh, you know, we thought, well, we'll just we'll keep eating the way that we're eating. We are pretty snobby with our food. We like to do organic. We like to go local when we can. You know, buying food from a CSA, drinking kombucha, that sort of stuff. I mean, making our own kombucha, which is kind of a funny story about that there, which I can tell in a little bit. But anyway, so the first night we were there with, with neighbors, um, you know, we had just moved this couple in. And she asked if she could cook dinner um, for the people that were there. And we said, yeah. So she came and knocked on our door, um, and she had a, a plate of hot, freshly fried pork chops that she had fried in Crisco. You're like, I'm sorry, is this, does this have gluten in it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you have like an ingredients list? That <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, yeah, and, I don't try not to eat that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's like, hey, is this, uh, this is partially hydrogenated? We don't do that. Do you, you know, know it's the not, name of this those pick? are conversations you can have. Um, and so Holly and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, I guess we're going to eat some, uh, pork chops. Was this the end of you being a vegetarian? Was this your next foray into uh, meat was a fried well, pork I think, chop? Um, no, we had had, we had had some, uh, for a little while before that we had kind of gone back and forth. Um, even when we were eating it, we were only eating maybe once a week, if that. And I will say um, so that still- you were eating like, like really, really high quality animal products. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, a, like a yeah. cow, cows that were allowed to be cows, the things we talk about on the show, yeah. You're not so, getting yeah. like two Big Macs and then right. like just pressing them together into <laughs> form one Mega Mac? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I threw, I threw away the bun, so it's, you know, yeah. healthy. Oh, uh, that's healthy. Uh, Carb- yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, and so we ate those pork chops. And so we kind of, Holly and I talked, Holly and my wife, and we talked, and we're like, well, we're going we're gonna to have to make some sacrifices here. Uh, but we'll still, you know, we'll provide our own meat if we're going to eat meat. We'll bring our own stuff in. Well, a couple weeks later, we're having a, a cookout, um, and I'm out there cooking, and we have our black bean burgers and some other stuff, and then everybody else's burgers. So we go in the kitchen, and, you know, there's there's like 18 other people there. And so I had to have this. This is y'all's food, and this is our food. Um, and it did not feel good to say that. Um, and so Holly and I, Holly and I decided, well, um, as long as we're in this, we are going to have to have the realization that our health is not going to be what we want it to be. And there, there can't be an us and them in this. Um, if we were, if we were going to go full fledged into this, it had to be just us. Um, and that meant, you know, we go to the food bank and that's where we get food for the shelter. And so that means some, a lot of times we're eating food bank food. Um, and then the other stuff that we had to eat, it's basically like eating on a food stamp diet. Um, and so there was a lot of times we would make the choice either to eat that or we would have to go out to a restaurant. Um, and that's not a great, that's not a great way to eat. If you're either eating, eating low quality food, um, you know, heavily processed, that sort of stuff or restaurant food, that's not going to really translate well to, um, positive health outcomes. Yeah, so it's it's so, like this it's like this collision of you've got these standards of these nutrition yeah. and health standards with this like loving people. And yeah, yeah. how do you yeah. how do you like de- like deal with the uh, the collateral 
debris of these two things kind of colliding, which is basically what you've been dealing with for 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there was, there was times where we would try to, there was times where we would have conversations with some of our neighbors about, you know, this is why, cause everyone kind of knew that we were, we were different kind of eaters, even though we were eating a lot of the same stuff they were. And so we would kind of have conversations with them about it, but it is, it is a world that is so far out of their understanding um, you know, when you're in, like most of them, you know, grew up in poverty or grew up in situations in where they didn't have the luxury to really say, I am only going to eat local grass fed beef, or I'm only going right. to eat free range chicken. Um, and so if we're saying, you know, we like, we like high quality meals, they, their interpretation of a high quality meal is a meal. Um, yeah. you know, if you're, fills you're, your belly. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you're able to eat. So, you know, they're in the whole world of getting the most calories you can for the least amount of money where I am kind of in the opposite world of that, you know, spending as much money as I can, or as not as I can, spending as much money as I feel like I need to in order to get the kind of meal that I feel is um, beneficial for us. So anyway. And Steven, so sorry, no, long, hold on. But, 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 yeah. Not to derail you, because I don't want to go off on this tangent, but I will say, like, yeah. to Rick, like, Stephen has this really, like, cool practice that he does with one of his classes where he's like, all right, here is the amount of money that food stamps are. Go feed a family of five. Go to Walmart and feed yeah. a family of five, and like, and and you start. That's when you really kind of hits home. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not eat ramen noodles. Yeah, eating, I'm uh, not going to Whole Foods. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. For. I, I I do want to touch on this when you're done with this, but yeah, we'll talk more about that in a second. Go ahead. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, to answer your first question from like an hour ago, <laughs> how I am? We came out of there. I weighed almost thirty pounds more than when I went in a year before. Goodness. Um, there's a lot of year. Yeah, one year. And there's, a, I mean, I hadn't put on that kind of weight from college. And there's, um, I mean, there's several different reasons for that. The main one is eating, I think, um, paired with stress and lack of sleep. Um, yeah, because like, yeah, like things, the middle of the night, Rick, the, you know, you get people come down that need something or whatever. And they, you know, yeah. you're the, you're like the dorm director, or, you know, for lack of a yeah, better you're term. The point and, of contact, someone shows up and, right. you know, I can imagine that could be very stressful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, one of the stories that I tell is kind of funny is we had some people that were literally our neighbors there. There are, we shared a wall with them on the other side. Um, we love them to death. We're still, we're still friends with them. Um, you know, uh, two 22, 23 year olds, you know, just trying to get their life together after some tragic circumstance as well. She worked at a fast food place. Um, and I had said to her one time when we were talking, I said, you know, I, you know, I love jalapeno poppers. Those are some of the first things that Holly and I ever got on a, on a date in college was some jalapeno poppers from from her drive-in. Not her specifically, but that restaurant chain. And I said how much I love them. Well, later that night, she knocks on my door at 1 a.m. <laughs> she brings you 500,000 jalapeno <laughs> she poppers. She a bag of jalapeno poppers uh, that and she had not... bought with her money after a shift. And I'm like, how in the world do I not eat these? Right. And like, you, you can't open the door and go, hey. It's one o'clock. Yeah. I've got kids it, here. This person is doing this gesture. It's like reaching out and yeah. trying to connect with another human. You've got to, yeah. you can't shut that down if you're like a, a good person. Well, and yeah. just think about like what that meant to her. Yeah. Not just, hey, I want to do something nice for this guy. But like, I don't know. It sounds like these people probably don't have a lot of uh, uh, disposable income. And she's going right. to spend right. just any fraction of that on it's you. It's a huge who, sacrifice. In all reality, yeah. you don't need it. But she yeah. still wants to do something nice for you. Like, yeah, you can't turn that down. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that we noticed about this population 
Um, you know, a lot of times, a lot of these people that ended up in the shelter together, and some of the times people would be there for as few as two or three weeks. Some people were there for several months, but they, a lot of them knew each other um, just from being in and out of Salvation Army together, um, you know, being on the streets and seeing each other in, in tent city, stuff like that. Um, but the way that they kind of band together and take care of each other is not like any kind of community that I've ever really lived in. Um, I mean, you know, when I live, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. So I used to live next to Mark more or less. And so, you know, you'd call each other and yeah, you need a cup of sugar. I'd go and, you know, go do that cup of sugar. This is like the fifties, um, you know, go over there. Um, but this, this community, it's, you know, when you're in a situation where you're kind of in survival mode all the time, they all band together and help each other. So a lot of times, um, a lot of times we had a lot of our neighbors in and out of the hospital in and out of ICU for different reasons. Um, as you might imagine, lots of, lots of type two diabetes complications, lots of heart disease, COPD, all those sorts of things. Um, but a lot of times, you know, one of them would go to the hospital and two or three of them would go and they would literally stay in the hospital room for a week with them until they got out. So they wouldn't be alone because they don't have family. They don't have anything like that. Um, they would, you know, sell, sell something that they had in order to get enough money to buy someone a bus pass. And so they really, I mean, things that seem so foreign to, to me who didn't, who's never really had to rely on a neighbor. I mean, I've asked for neighbors for favors or family for favors or stuff like that, but I've never had to actually rely on someone for actual survival, for food, for, for transportation and medical appointments. I've never had to have a neighbor come visit me in the hospital because I didn't have any family to do that. Um, so that's something that we didn't really expect to learn from those folks. Um, but that's, you know, and the fact that they kind of took us into that community was very humbling. Um, and so all of it, you know, it was a fantastic experience. And it's, it's an experience that I never, I never, I, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around it. And I have a hard time talking about what all it meant for us as, as crazy difficult as it was. Um, it's an experience that I think was awesome. But again, it's an experience where I didn't realize how stressed I was, how chronically stressed I was and how just completely exhausted I was until I have, until I've been out of it now for a couple of months and yeah. look back on it and, and kind of, I'm trying to still get my brain around <laughs> and pick the pieces up of, you know, what's left what of my happened? life after this. <laughs> for, for the year that you were there, what did your movement pattern, your movement habits, what did those look like? Oh, I walked up and down the hall a lot. How uh, <laughs> <Out> it? <laughs> you know, I will, um, I tried to get back out and run some. Um, I, you know, I would go to the gym a little bit and work out. Um, I found myself, um, I, I think I got, I mean, I got injured easier. I had, I landed on my head doing a handstand push up in may which knocked me out of the gym for about oh. four months yeah don't do that um yeah don't do that uh but i think just the added weight and just the stress and the inflammation and everything just it was hard for me to get any kind of regular gym routine um it was hard for me to ever really just take care of myself the way i knew i should um you know with four kids plus plus that it was just really difficult yeah. so we have uh, the four uh, pillars of the simple human lifestyle we have Move like a human, eat like yeah, a human, yeah. uh, sleep like a human, and enjoy life like a human. And I'm not saying it wasn't enjoyable because it sounds right, like this right. is a very, very deep and meaningful experience for you and your family. But uh, as it relates to stress, uh, so for a year, you basically uh, weren't able to take care of those four pillars that were important to you beforehand. And yeah. the result is that 
you felt worse and you put on a bunch of weight. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think, and I think the, the, the greater point here is, and why I wanted to have Steven on is that sometimes that enjoy life isn't about your stress management and about your enjoyment. Right. It's about what you can do to improve that part of somebody else's enjoy life Absolutely. pillar. And I think well, sometimes another, you, thing, yeah. another thing, Steven, that you hit on real quick is, is the paradox of, uh, of poverty, uh, yeah. And that, that makes it sound like I, uh, you know, just read a book. I just made that phrase up. But well, we all know have, that books are for prisoners, Rick. So <clears throat> you don't have you have people who uh, don't have the resources to to uh, to purchase, uh, you know, healthy uh, food choices. They they yeah. are having to, you know, scrape through uh, on the bottom of the barrel type stuff. But that's going to lead them to more disease and more uh, sickness and more, you know, doctor trips, hospital trips. For something they don't have money for ever, right. like in the first place. Yeah, so yeah. it's just it's it's an I I deal with a lot of uh, it's not nearly as intense as you are, but I deal with a lot of uh, families that uh, are kind of low on resources yep. uh, monetarily wise, and it's just it's a cycle that I think those of us in you know I don't know middle class I guess I am uh, society kind of don't think about if you've never had to be through because I'm fortunate I've never had to yeah. except you know the first couple of years out of college, but that's how everybody is. Well, you, know, you make barely any money and you eat ramen noodles, but I've never uh, had to live that life before. And we take yeah. it for granted for sure. Because, well, Rick's, uh, Rick's Butler never grew up on a, on a, like an organic farm. So Rick's Butler <laughs> has a really like kind of a good handle on where to source these things. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> that joke. <laughs> no. Back to the drawing board with that one, Mark. Go back formulate that. Dang it. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I mean, so like we would go and make and do big pickups from the food bank. So the food bank provides – most food banks provide food for individual families, but they would also supply food for nonprofits and, and organizations like us. And so we would go to the food bank and, you know, get things at a drastically discounted price. But then there was always like the free shopping. And so when I would go, they would always say, do you want to do some shopping while we're here? We'd always say yes. And so there's this long case of things that are free. Um, every once in a while, you'll be able to get a gallon of milk or some, uh, you know, two-day-old bread. But the vast majority of the things that were free were birthday cakes with somebody's name spelled wrong on them <laughs> that a grocery store donated, or uh, donuts, or tortillas. It was all processed yeah. sugar. Cookies that were meant for Santa, but they misspelled yes. it and said Satan. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. So I laughed we would eat those. But yeah, yeah. I mean, to to your point, Rick, it's a lot of times, and I'm not gonna, you know, I could I could rant about this forever. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times we kind of look at people that are overweight, and we we make it this issue of personal responsibility, um, and we say, you know, you're you're fat because you're eating too much, you're not moving enough. You don't have any willpower. You're lazy. All that. Yeah. yeah. Lazy. You're fat and, because you're dumb, and that. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and we look at and we look at you know, there's. There's a statistic that the single biggest indicator or the singer, yeah, the single biggest predictor of obesity in this country is income level. Um, and so you look at that, and a lot of people will see somebody that's skinny and malnourished, and somebody is overweight, and they'll think that those are polar opposites, when in actuality, they can be next door neighbors. Right. Both of those are indicators of a lack of command of the nutrients you need to maintain a healthy weight and a healthy lifestyle. And so a lot of times we'll look at someone who's malnourished and we'll say, of course that's not their fault. You know, they're malnourished because they don't have enough food. When actuality, that is that is correct. 
But there are a few people that are probably malnourished because of their own choices. Yeah. Now, those people are going to be are going to be much fewer and far between. But on the other hand, we don't have that look at people that are obese at all. We look at somebody that's obese and we don't say, oh, well, that's not their fault. They're they're fat because they're eating too much. Yeah. When in actuality, it's very similar. A lot of people that are overweight, especially people that are in poverty, are which are a large number of yeah. people in this country. They're that way because that's all that their dollar and thirteen cents a meal for food stamps will pay for. If you got a buck fifteen and you're going to try to feed yourself, are you going to buy a head of broccoli with no seasoning or anything like that and eat that, or are you going to buy a box of uh, cereal? Yeah, a loaf of bread and a jar of mayonnaise to make mayonnaise sandwiches. I know yeah. kids who, who who you know eat yeah. that regularly. Yeah, yeah. And while that's not a life that we really had to live. Um, I mean, we ate that way because of our own our own choices. We're blessed enough, we're privileged enough to be able to buy pretty much the food we want to eat. Um, but it was, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the in the mirror. It, it's a stark reminder of at least I have a way out of that now. Yeah. Um, and a lot know, of those know, people don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no end to that. I mean, the words diet never came out of these people's mouth. There was one guy I was talking to. Um, who had just, I mean, the life that he has had when you see that he is, you know, struggling with addiction and then he tells you his story, you're like, well, of course you're struggling with addiction. There's 19 uh, other things like ahead of like yeah. what I'm eating. When, yeah. When your dad, you know, this guy's dad, uh, the first line of dope this guy ever did was 12 when he was watching football with his dad and his dad told him not to be a little blank and real men do dope. And so he started doing dope with his dad Gosh. at 12. That's why you know? uh, mentoring is so important <laughs> to yes. our society. If you need to mentor, there's probably agencies out there yeah. that would help you I, do we'll that. We'll talk more about that. Only I knew of one around here. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this guy was talking and you know he saw the way I was trying to eat at one point. So I was like, I got to lose weight. And he's sitting there smoking a cigarette. And he goes, he goes well... He goes, I, uh, I'm dealing with one thing at a time, and right now I'm trying to kick meth. He goes, I'll, we'll, I'll worry about cigarettes next. If I ever get those under control, then I'll yeah. worry about what I eat. Yeah, yeah, and that's the reality. But Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I'm like, who can blame you? Yeah, and it's like the uh, that, that kind of other paradox is like, you know, a uh, thousand years ago, all the rich people were fat and the poor people were yeah, skinny, yeah. and now it's like the opposite in, in a lot of cases. Yeah, but yeah. Well, hey, Stephen, we're, we're gonna, we need to wrap, but um, yeah. tell everybody, Hope Haven, where can they – find online if somebody wants to make a donation to hope haven talk about all that yeah absolutely so uh if you want to check out what it is it's uh, abilenehopehaven.org um we have several different programs outside of the emergency shelter we are a housing first based uh program if you don't know what housing first is just go to youtube type in housing first there's about a three minute animated video there that will uh, open your eyes to that and so hope haven is uh literally housing people that are homeless um, there's not a whole lot of overhead there. So most of your, most of your dollars, um, or resources are actually going to go to help house people that are homeless. So if you're not an Abilene, uh, we'd still love your support, but go find a, go find a place that's doing what they're doing in your community. And I mean, we don't have to, this is going to sound very Pollyanna. We don't have to have homelessness. Um, it's not a hard problem to fix if we have enough people that are on the right, that are on the same yeah. page. Um, you know, the, the best way to end homelessness is to provide quality, affordable housing. So yeah. if you're a landlord, go out and find uh, find a nonprofit that uh, you'd be willing to to rent to. This sounds crazy, but um, people in Housing First programs that are formerly homeless are some of the best renters ever. <laughs> and uh, you're going to you're going to actually be able to work with some of these agencies to make sure that uh, you're getting paid, which a lot of people 
that are not formerly homeless don't pay their bills. So I'm I'm rambling now, but uh, just go out and make a difference in your community. That's all I can really awesome. say. Stephen, very Stephen, proud of the work for yeah. sharing all of this. By the way, this has been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy you know your stories and stuff like that on Facebook. Yeah. But this is the first time I've kind of gotten a chance to visit back and forth with you about it. And yeah. this is really cool thing that you guys did it's a really cool thing you're continuing to do and it's just uh i, I appreciate what you do thank you very much yeah, yeah steven well, thanks i steven, appreciate it yeah proud of you and uh and uh love the work that you and, and john and the whole board are doing and and we will uh we'll see you soon all right i removed steven from the group uh awesome awesome stuff so yeah so we're going a little long here we need to wrap um go to uh remember the show is sponsored by health iq which is a uh insurance agency that's going to possibly get you very low rates on your life insurance for being a healthy human. So go to healthiq.com slash simplyhuman to see if you qualify um, to learn more information. Get a free quote. A free quote, people. Um, and uh, it is a life insurance. What do, you ha- what do you have to lose? Nothing to lose. Healthiq.com slash simplyhuman. Every, everything to gain. Just do it for us. Even if you have, Even if you have the best life insurance ever, <laughs> just just try it out and if, if they say here's the right and you can say <laughs> mine's so much better than that then it still helps well, us out but, but hey you will, you will not say that because our <laughs> partner health iq oh, right <laughs> up. that should be their lo- their motto is we're gonna hook you up we're gonna hook you up dude all right um so rick let's hook wrap next week uh we're gonna talk about um what did you say you were going to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about some some health things that you're doing. We, we're going to get a Rick update on oh, some of your yeah. strength training. I've uh, been very impressed and proud of the the, uh, the goal, the, uh, the the strides that you've been making in the weight room. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have Dylan on. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, they would say uh, all, all opposed, and Stephen was the only one going. Nay. So until next time, enjoy yourself. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.